1: recently declared adolescent mental health a national emergency as rates of depression, anxiety, self-harm, and suicidal thoughts continue to skyrocket. The pandemic brought this serious issue to the forefront, but this uptick started years before COVID arrived on the scene. Sadly, and too often, the parents of these teens are the last to learn about their child's mental health struggles and sometimes too late to take action. So today I'm joined by Elliot Callan, the co founder and president of A Brighter Day, a nonprofit organization dedicated to preventing suicide by helping teens manage their depression and stress. Elliot is going to teach us what warning signs to look for and what we can do to protect our teens from the number one preventable cause of teen death. Welcome, Elliot. Thank you for joining us today.
2: Thank you for having me, Dr. Cam.
1: Absolutely. Now, let's just start with your backstory. What inspired you to start helping and preventing teen suicide?
2: Great. Well, it's a sad story, as, as many of these charities began with sad stories. Um, so seven years ago, my 19-year-old sophomore at the University of Montana had jumped in front of a truck or walked in front of a truck uh, at about one in the morning, sober, no pills, nothing inside of him. Um, and was missing in action for an entire day. We were trying to find him. Uh, He was already dead. And at 630 at night, Federal Express showed up with a six-page suicide note. And in that suicide note, which rambled, the first paragraph, the most important paragraph, Dr. Cam was, said, Mom and Dad, I've been thinking about this for a long time. I never would have told you how I felt. I never would have asked for your help, and I never would have taken your help. And in that process of going up to Montana and claiming his body, and you can imagine as a parent, what? A, well, it, it's it's awful. It's just, it's awful. And you go through all the stages of death that they talk about. You don't miss any of them. Uh, and the human body does not do well with a 100,000-pound truck hitting it at 60 miles an hour. And you have to identify the body. And it, it's just oh, it's a terrible story. But I read that paragraph all the way up, and I I, I think I read it. 20 times on the way home with his body under the plane, bringing him back for burial. And I realized, and I, I turned to Jake's mom and I said, we have to do something to stop other families from f- having this happen to them. We have to do something. We cannot, we're we going to be victims of this our entire lives. What can we do to fix this? And we came up with the idea of a Brighter Day charity, and that would be a charity that would provide resources for teens and their parents on stress and depression, especially for those teens that aren't sharing anything with their parents. Because as a parent, if your teen comes up to you and says, mom and dad, I'm thinking of hurting myself. I am hurting myself. I'm doing things that are self-destructive. You're going to take action. We as American parents are trying to be, for the most part, very good parents all the time. And I think that's worldwide. We're trying to, everybody wants to be a good parent. But what if you don't know? What if you're like Jake's mom and myself, and we just think, well, you know, he's a teenage boy. He's 19. He grunts. He groans. He, he doesn't share as much as we'd like him to share. But he'll get over it one day, as boys do. And what do you? And that, of course, that didn't. That opportunity never happened. <clears throat> so we have now fast forward six years later, Dr. Cam. We now have thousands of articles that we've written and resources that we've cre- created. A teen survival toolbox for kids. A parent survival toolbox on our website it's very exciting what we're doing we are original content writers we're prolific writers we write two to four articles a month we're on national wires all over the country with what we're putting out and then we've just created uh, a partnership with 741741 so any teen and any parent in any state in the united states can type the word brighter b-r-i-g-h-t-e-r to 741741 and they will get 24 7 help for up to 40 minutes at a time
1: to, yeah. And so desperately
2: needed. And it's free. It doesn't make up for something like that you do with the live counseling and the Zoom counseling, which is just so important, uh, but it's immediate and it's tactical. And for the parents that just put their hands up and say, I don't know what to do at this very moment, <clears throat> that gives them somebody to talk to right now. Yeah.
1: And I think that's important to reiterate that that's for parents too, because I know parents, as soon as you hear or see anything like that, You go into panic mode because the last thing I mean, it's it's the worst nightmare for something to happen to your child. And I'm so very sorry that happened to you. Thank Um, you. I'm thankful you're taking that and moving it forward to help a lot of parents and children, too.
2: Thank Um, you. We're making a difference. And the goal of the charity is to impact parents and teens so we could stop teen suicide. I've got letters on my desk from parents and from teens that say, thank you for saving my teen's life or my life. Um, But we know just from the number standpoint, because in the world of social media, we can measure things. Uh, Last year we had about 19,000 people that went to our website and downloaded materials last month. We had over 15,000. So so it's really having an impact and, uh, and touching lives. We just want to touch lives and touch families uh, we can't stop teen suicide. We're not on the front lines. So, like like yourself, where you're actually meeting with families and, and doing that great job with a personal conversation that needs to happen. But at least we can get some resources in people's hands that they can read or they can learn on a video and they can say, I can get some help now. I'm ready. Yeah.
1: And a lot of it is the education piece. And I really wanted to talk to you about that today because I think what really is difficult for parents is we have this belief and this understanding of what teens go through, right? So we're like, okay, teens have attitudes, teens are gonna hide in their room. So it's very hard for us to discern what is, quote, I'm putting in air quotes for people on podcasts, typical teen behavior, and what is really concerning teen behavior. And especially like you said, most teens are really good at hiding that from
2: hiding their pain from
1: their parents. Yep. So what do we look for as parents?
2: So look for pattern. Let's start with pattern behaviors. Um, you, your child sleeps X number of hours a night. You know it. You're a parent. Okay. When that changes, like my son, I noticed my son at the very end of his life during Christmas break, he was awake from 12 to three in the morning. We had to go over there, knock on his door and say, hey, come on, time to go to bed. And he was fooling around on his cell phone. He was doing nothing worthwhile. He was, just, And so many of our teams, they do nothing on their cell phones. They just look. So look for pattern behaviors. Look for eating disorders. Uh, those are good ones. Look for they're withdrawing from their classes. They're withdrawing from their friends. We noticed, and his friends told me after he died, that he was withdrawing from them. Um, his friends, one of his friends interviewed me, called me up after his death and said, I'm writing a paper on this. And would you mind me writing a paper about Jake? And I said, not at all." He said, can I interview you? And I said, of course. And he interviewed me and it was much more of an apology from him than it was an interview. And he said, I don't, I did not see that he was withdrawing from us. I didn't see that he was sometimes asleep when we were awake and awake when we were asleep. I didn't notice these things. And so it's, it's just changed, and I'm sorry that this is going on, um, but look for changes in your team. Look for what's going on in class. Are they withdrawing from a particular class? Are they withdrawing from a subject? Are they giving up? Are they putting their hands up in the air and say, I can't do this math. I give up. Why bother going to college? I'm not really college material. And unfortunately, we live in a world where it's all about college material. It's not about trade school. And that's another subject for another time. Why yeah. do we do a better job there? But it is true that what if you're not college material? Are you a failure? What if you've are not? What if you're, t- what if you're, you're you've got parents? And, and I'm, I'm a parent and in the world of parents. I don't want to say I'm a helicopter parent because I'm not sure I like that phrase. <clears throat> but I'm certainly a parent that was insistent at coming out of a good school myself. And there's their mom coming out of Stanford. You need to go to a good school. Now, we never said top 50 or top 20 or Ivy League, but my middle one was I took him Ivy League shopping. You know, so, uh-huh. yes, we, we put implicit stress and pressure on our teens because we knew that getting a, a coming out, a pedigree education could open up doors that they will need in the future. Yeah. What if your child's not that child? What if your child is, would be just great going to a two-year school to grow up? I should have gone in the Army or the Marines and grown up before I went to Rutgers, but I didn't do that, but I could have used it yeah. in retrospect. I would have been, I was just at 18, an idiot of an 18-year-old and not mature, and so like somebody 18-year-olds, they're just not mature enough to go to school, and, you know. Not ready. So th- it's important that, that you understand what's going on from the perspective of your teen, <clears throat> and I want to say something that you're going to ask me the question, like, what can parents do? And I know you're going to do that. If I could just jump, jump the gun on that. Go for it. <laughs> I, I want to give you now, we've done a lot of research on this. Okay. And it's not complicated. The answer isn't complicated. You know, you don't need a college degree to, to be a better parent. Right. But what you need to be is a better listener. And so for okay. parents, I want to tell you that this cell phone is the enemy of your team. And I know it. Because every teen, every parent looking at this and saying, Oh my goodness, it's their best friend. They can't get away with it. The parents can't get away with it. It might as well be an umbilical cord to all of us. Uh, but the cell phone is a creates a highlight reel of everybody else's life but theirs. Yeah. Your friends are on TikTok and Snapchat, and you and I are on Facebook and um and we're all on Instagram. And there are all these amazing reels. And I remember when my kids came home at one point, they said, you know, dad, are we the only ones in Lafayette, California, that don't go to Hawaii for, spring, for winter yeah. break? Because that's how it seemed. Yeah. You're going to Lake Tahoe to go skiing and you're going to Hawaii. And then my kids felt like victims like, oh my goodness. So I took them up to Tahoe to go skiing a few times during break, but we didn't get a townhouse or a condo and I don't have a house in Tahoe. Uh, but they felt a little bit like victims. Woe is, woe is me. All my friends are doing, have a better life than me. So I always tell parents, this is what you need to do as a very first course of action. Make dinner a cell phone-free environment, Uh, including for yourself. No texting, no calls from grandma, no talking to grandma during dinner, no texting your friends for the kids, no going over homework. It's a conversation, good old-fashioned conversation that maybe is a throwback to before there were phones and all those distractions, you know. The just talk just have a conversation find out what your teen's favorite class is and why who's your teen's favorite teacher and why who are your teen's favorite friends and why what are your friends favorite classes because they may talk about their friends in a third party way when they're really talking about themselves right uh and you don't realize that so there's so much that you can learn by just taking three or four nights a week, and I get it. Everybody's busy, sports, sidetracking, leadership. I get all these things. You've got to make dinners, cell phone free dinners. It doesn't matter if you're eating at Wendy's because you're in a hurry, or it doesn't, or you're eating at home, something that you cooked, or you've got two working parents and you're using stove first lasagna because it's the only thing they have time to make. It, that doesn't matter. The food is secondary. The time is paramount, and that's what parents need to do.
1: Too, because I know the time thing is really big, and we are our, our schedules are so jam packed with all the stuff we want to give our kids so that they succeed. Right? We're giving, we're making sure they've got school. Not only do they have school, they've got tutors to make sure they're doing well in school. Right? They've got extracurricular activities, a lot of them, to make sure that they look good for those college applications so they can get in school. And on what I want to reiterate that you just said. Is of all of these things that we're so busy doing, it is at the sacrifice of the one thing you just mentioned that is the most important thing to set them up to succeed and is time with you and that dinner and that downtime. And we are so busy piling on all the other stuff that we're missing the one most important thing. And I just, I keep, you know, with, with COVID things slowed down and people started doing that and I was like, oh, I hope they hold on to this. The second things opened up, they went right back to the crazy, busy schedule. And I'm like, you're missing that really,
2: really important thing. You're right. You know, the, you can never make up the time it took to be a great parent. Yeah. I mean, it, we just, and we are busier than ever. And two working parents, the kids are involved. Uh, now with the end of SATs, you've got to build resumes up for your teen, uh, So it's three pages long and they're in leadership class and they're in camp and they're in band and they're in, sports and they're an unorganized sport they're they're everywhere so downtime is considered bad time but downtime at dinner is really really important great time not good time but great time and and i didn't understand i had a mother from europe and and she was a survivor of auschwitz and and she wanted to be a good mom she was a very good mom and i didn't understand why she was so annoying all the time asking me about my friends and my classes i didn't understand it Uh, I found it as a teenager, just annoying. My brother, who was much more studious than I was, he loved it. They talked about every single class and they did math together and they did all that stuff. My English was my mother's third language. And she used to laugh saying, you know, how come I know more English than my idiot, you know, teenagers? Um, But she was concerned that her parent, that her children were in a good place mentally that we wouldn't do something that was horrible. And when we had a family friend that took her own life as a 17 year old, there were lots of conversations about what's going on in your life? How are your friends? Um, and it, when Long Island, when I was growing up, had uh, six or so kids that hung themselves, oh. and suddenly the, the word copycat suicide, the phrase copycat suicide, came out for the first time. Conversations in school were like, uh, why did they do that? I don't understand why you would do that. Um, and then my you know, my mom was concerned about, do you have any friends that are feeling bad? So these, again, these for you as a parent, and I know you work with family counseling all the time, the parents with great communication, caring communication can really get to the problem, the root, the cause of what's going on in their teens' lives and intercept a, the a life-changing missile that could be coming at them. Yeah, and I
1: think what's really important too is at the beginning, you were saying like, here's the things to look for, right? And spending, not sleeping enough and changing patterns. And I think what we tend to do is we try to address the behavior. So we'll take the phone away or we'll try to get them, you know, to change sleeping patterns or we'll, but what you just said and I wanna highlight is it's not about that behavior, it's about why that behavior exists. It's getting to the root of it. And that's when we get to where their state of mental health is yes the behavior
2: going change their mental health i, I do want to add uh one thing that's i we have found in our experience and i'm sure everybody has different experience is that if you're depending on the schools and the counselors at the school to do this for you you're going to be wholly disappointed yeah they're yeah. not trained they've got 1600 1200 kids 2500 kids in that school they're busy they've got tests the counselors are job is to kind of get you through the school year without incident. Um, They're not to cure you. They're not to solve your problems. They're there occasionally. There are some kids that do a better job with counselors and some parents that reach out. And you can get some information, but don't depend on schools to solve this. The school's job is to get you through to May, not to change your child's life
1: officers want to help, they don't have the bandwidth nor the training. You're absolutely right. Um, And I think the other thing I find really interesting, and I I think this is true for the schools, but also adults, is we often think that if our kids are getting good grades, we use that as a measure of mental health. And I want to (laughs) exert very strongly that that is not the case. In fact, a lot of kids who are struggling with their mental health are the ones getting the A's which is part of the reason why they're struggling with their mental health is that they feel so much pressure to do well. And so we cannot gauge how they're doing um, inside based on what they're showing and their accomplishments on the outside.
2: My uh, son who took his life was on a Dean's List. Yeah. even I think when I congratulated him, hey, you made Dean's List, he looked at me like, really? Like he had such low expectations of his own ability that – but but you're right kids that are trying to get 4.0 this is a really good story i heard Um, i was driving one day to work and they had an interview on and this is just before the days of podcasting so it was somebody like yourself on live radio and they were talking about your teen's high school experience they had done this national survey of teens that were now freshmen and sophomores in college of what they thought of their high school experience and they went to the top 50 schools, the kids that were kind of driven to get better grades. And they were surprised that over 70% of, of teens there in these top 50 schools, so they had a less than favorable high school experience. Uh, so I immediately called my twin up at Washington University in St. Louis, a high performance school. Um, it's like the number. They're so proud that they're like top 2 or 3 in giving homework out. So <laughs> one of the measurements they have. How's that, that for a silly Yay. stand? <laughs> and, I said to him, I said, Cody, I just heard this report, and it said, a, you know, preponderance of teens thought they had a miserable experience, and he, he didn't even blink an eye. He said, Dad, my high school experience blanked. You know, it's I don't want to say the word. It was horrible. I will never do that to my children. I said, well, you were pretty hard on yourself. Do you think your parents, do you think we put too much pressure on you? He said, no, I put it on myself. I, I admit that I'm I'm hard on myself. But I, And he was a high school valedictorian. He said, but I wanted to have a perfect score. I wanted to get perfect, the perfect SAT, go close to it. I wanted to get in that top school and be a top person in my field when I get into that field. There was a lot of motivation in there to do that. Uh, but he was the high school hockey goalie. He was on the lacrosse team. At one point, he was on cross country. He was in a number of clubs. He was president of this club and that club. Great resume, exactly what you want as a parent for your child, um, and miserable.
1: Yeah. I, I think what's interesting, because I hear this from uh, my team clients a lot, um, pretty much all of them are really struggling with school. And it's not that they're struggling um, with the academics part of it, it's just the fact that there's so much pressure on them right now to achieve all this for some vague reason in the future. And so we are focusing so much on making sure they're set up for the future that they're not enjoying their lives now and so they're living this miserable existence in their mind and they don't have perspective to say this can change so a lot of these kids do feel hopeless because they're like well if my life is miserable right now when i'm young how is that ever going to change because my whole life is about trying to do stuff now Just so I can maybe hopefully be happy in the future, and I think we really want to focus on what, how do we help our kids feel happy and thrive right today, right now, not someday down the future.
2: Well, you're right, and you're really on the right track. I I like to look at it in a a, kind of like a box. I I think of you know it's got six walls, top and bottom here, and the box opens up and is brighter for the happy kid because there's something to look at. But for Jake, who's, who's not with us, the walls got darker and darker. Yeah. And suddenly they became very black. And so yesterday was horrible. Today's even worse. Tomorrow's get, Why bother? Yes. And I think that's what happens.
1: Um, so before you go, <clears throat> two things. First of all, how can people find you, find your website, find all this amazing, all these amazing resources you have?
2: Very simple. Just go to www.abrighterday.info. It's all free. Everything on there is free. We'd love to have you come join us.
1: Excellent. And I've got all the links. That I will have in the show notes as well. And I know I checked out your guides for parents and for teens. They're great. Really good stuff. So I've linked to those as well. And finally, what is kind of the one big takeaway you want parents to to have from this episode? about helping their kids and making sure that we're doing everything we can to prevent them from going into
2: this dark place? Well, I think if I were to pick one thing, Dr. Cam, I would say ask great questions. Be a prober. I know it's annoying. I found my mother annoying. I was probably annoying for my kids. You'll be thankful when you get good answers.
1: Yeah, I love that. And keep asking. If they're not answering, then ask some new ones. Maybe take a break. Yep. I will say too, um, if you start doing this and you haven't been, a lot of kids are hesitant at first because they're worried it's a trap. So I'm just throwing that out there. They may be hesitant to answer you because they're like, "What are they trying to dig for?" That I'm going to get in trouble for. So I think a lot of it is once you've asked the question, spend a lot of time actually listening and not judging their answers.
2: Absolutely, you're right. And
1: then they'll answer. Yeah. Yeah.
2: A so, non-judgmental dinner is a great dinner.
1: Yeah, the non-judgmental is so important to add to that, though. (laughs) That's that's key to it. If it's judgmental, forget it. It defeats the whole purpose. Yep. So, Elliot, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it and your time.
2: Oh, thanks for having me on. You're doing a great job.
1: Oh, thank you. And parents, thank you for taking time out of your busy day to spend with us. I do really appreciate you as well. If you want to learn more about how to help your teens thrive, You can grab my top 10 secrets for raising teens at AskDrCam.com slash ParentingTips. Until next time, have a peaceful, positive, calm day.
0: And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Make sure to visit my website, www.AskDrCam.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes,